0: Hi, friends. Welcome to the last episode of season one. Here we will listen to a mixed bag of conversations.
1: Rolling, rolling.
0: This is from the episode with Frank James. I was trying to observe Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and I did hear some people say, oh, she doesn't talk to anybody. Well, that's true. That's Julia. No,
2: no, no, don't get me wrong. No, And Julia is right. Julia, in my opinion, she's a great actress, very funny, well, let me see. I can put this um very delicately.
3: Uh, okay. Oh gosh.
0: <laughs> I, I think she was just, I guess, trying to stay in character or trying to concentrate. You know, they always tell you uh, no. not to bother them because they're trying to work in this a work environment. Well, she's
2: a came from a very wealthy family and she carried that air of, you know, don't talk to me unless I talk to you. I'm sorry, she was that way to me. She might have been different to other actors, but to me she seemed a little snobby. I got to not talk to her, <laughs> literally, literally, We worked together, and she she may have said hello, but that's about it. Nothing more. But Kevin was totally different, man. I would be talking to him like I'm talking to didn't you. Didn't know
0: he was that friendly.
2: Oh, I'm telling you, and I remember, I was asking. him, I says, "Well, Kevin, you know, what was your um? Where's your best uh, scene? You think your best movie?" He says, "Frank, I haven't made it yet. What? You haven't made it yet? Really? I always told him. I thought my favorite was." Um, the usual suspects. Remember that? I do remember oh, that. Man. Oh, man. To me, that was one of his best. But my wife likes uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. She thought he was excellent in that. So, But he says he hadn't made it yet. But she thought it was kind of.
0: Since we do hear a lot of no's and it's frustrating, uh, what keeps you motivated in between gigs? Smoking weed. Okay. I do remember. I remember that. Okay. Um,
2: I was saying that at the time in D.C., they had decriminalized pot. So um, as long as you um, had a certain amount under that and you're caught with it, it's just a fine of 25 bucks. That was it. So it wasn't no jail time or something like that. Just a $25 fine. So I always kept $25 in my pocket. That's why I always would say.
4: Nice. Just
2: in case. (laughs) Can I give you one more joke? You're going to bleep. You're going to bleep those. Huh? OK. OK. Now that WNBA star Brittany Griner is home, a reporter asked her, Brittany, how was Russian prison? <laughs> Brittany said, hey, man, Russian prisons are extremely tiny. The food is crap and Russian <laughs> tastes like potato. to yeah. cut that up. But I'm going to tell you, that joke is killing now, man. I have told that joke now. I just wrote that joke, you know, since she's been back. I've used it like four or five times in every place I go, In different places. It's been killing. They like that joke. I put, it's
0: expect- funny because you just don't, <laughs> your mind doesn't go there, but you're sure and I put that it.
2: on, it's on uh, Facebook too. You can watch that, that joke. You see the reaction?
0: Oh wow, that's on Facebook and it doesn't do like a, uh, a morning on no, concept.
2: It does not. And yeah, right. Wow. But uh okay. anyway, check it out. And you see the last reaction okay. like wow, some wow, people wow, like following over <laughs> they thought it's so funny because it's
4: funny to me.
0: <laughs> this is from the conversation with Don Maria Gomez. We're so at the mercy of these technologies.
4: You should see me when I do self-tape. It takes me about a couple hours because A I'm a perfectionist. I am a perfectionist. Yeah. That's that's me.
0: That's me. Is that something that you would do it again?
4: I would direct again. So I've directed works. I don't know about stage matching. I'm going to leave that up to the professionals. (laughs) If I had to, I would. But yeah, no, I probably would pass on that. But it's a good experience. So you have more appreciation. You have more appreciation for everybody. The crew, tech, the actors. Yeah,
0: Yeah, the different departments. Yeah.
4: It's It takes a village. Yes, completely different department. So yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: I'm excited. I'm excited for both of us.
4: Yes, yeah, like it was just the first yesterday and here you are and I am today. So I'm really super excited. This is the way to go. So yeah, <laughs> stay tuned for more. I just think it's phenomenal how your determination your is. And when you said you were doing a podcast, I'm like, what? yes i'm there so congratulations to you
0: this is from the episode with john witt
1: first time on stage was when i was four Uh, i was cast as davy crockett in the kindergarten pageant and i was only cast because i was the only one who knew all the words to the theme song for the disney tv show and uh, i got a coonskin cap by sending off peanut butter labels and sang the song and it was great It wasn't that the audience was clapping for me. It was that I was doing something that people were enjoying. Uh, I was entertaining people. And I was hooked after that. I I did uh, magic shows and puppet shows for the neighborhood kids. And uh, uh, then my first real job at 14 was as a carny barker at an amusement park. Uh, I ran one of those uh, side shows where you throw... Uh, softballs at cats and if you knock over three cats you win a furry prize and it was all fixed well here's the deal the the balls were made out of plastic and the cats were had weights and if you knew how to do it and i would i would demonstrate you could knock over three cats pretty easily and somebody was really good they could win the furry prize but if they tried to win a second one, I had a rope I could pull that would come up behind the cats and they wouldn't fall. So, yeah. And the lady who ran the the sideshow told me to lie about my age because I didn't have a uh, work permit and I was underage and all of that. So I got off to a good start in being devious.
4: Oh, my goodness.
1: But it was a lot of fun. And I got to ride all the rides for free on my lunch hour. So that was great.
0: This is John Witt speaking about his experiences on the set of Lincoln.
1: Spielberg came up because when he got in the bed, Lincoln was much taller than the men of his day. And the bed was too short in real life and in the movie. And so Daniel Day-Lewis got in, got in this kind of fetal position uh, with his legs over to the knees over to the side and his feet up against the footboard of the bed. And Spielberg comes up and his feet were sticking up. And he said, what am I going to do about your feet? And so I just said one word. I said, diagonal. And Spielberg looked up at me like, and who the hell are you to tell me how to shoot a movie? And I shut up. I mean, I knew I wasn't supposed to say anything. I didn't say anything else. But the funny thing was that some historians noticed And it wound up as a blooper in the IMD page for the movie. It was absolutely amazing from start to finish, and it got me hooked again. So the movie came out in 2012. Spielberg deliberately delayed it until after the presidential election because he didn't want the issue of, you know, Lincoln was a Republican and he freed the slaves. And, you know, he didn't want that to get involved, to get caught up in the debate over who was to be elected president that year. And uh, so the, pre- the when the movie came out, I wrote the story and had a lot of fun doing it, describing all the great actors and their performances. But it got me hooked again. So a year later, I retired and went right back to it.
0: This is John talking about Ethan Hawke.
1: I tell you, the guy was amazing because it, he was one of those... now. Here's the difference. Daniel Day-Lewis was strictly method. And from the time he walked on set until the time he left, he was Lincoln. And even Spielberg had to address him as Mr. President. And he got a house on Churchill, turned off the electricity, and lived as if it were the, uh, the period throughout his work on the set. And, you know, the difference between those actors was night and day. Uh, but they both had methods that worked for them. To me, they're not as far apart as you might imagine, because the method is summoning up your emotions based on past experiences and that sort of thing. But the thing that even method actors can't forget is the concentration.
0: This is Harvey Roberts.
1: It's funny
3: because, you know, complaining seems to be a thing. And sure, I'm, I'm sure I've complained just like everybody else, but. Shooting a movie is showing up and working a, you know, 14-hour day and getting, you know, 90 seconds of footage in the can that actually goes in the film. What they pay us for is all the waiting and all the other stuff. And and we throw in the acting for free.
0: And you can't write about the waiting because that's just a fact of it.
3: Yeah. And you know why the waiting is? Because that light guy's got to fix the lights so everything looks really good on film because... If that light guy doesn't go, the thing looks a little amateurish and inauthentic and the audience is unable to suspend disbelief. So that lighting guy, what he's doing is essential to telling the story in such a way that you actually reach your audience.
0: Right. Everything is for a reason, even waiting for the right lens or waiting for last looks and the warder people just need a little bit more time to make the person believable in how they look in front of the camera.
3: Just because you're sitting waiting, somebody's working their butt off. It's not about us at all. Right. And and when it's my turn to work, maybe the lighting guy gets to sit down. Yeah. Right? Maybe maybe somebody else gets to sit down when I'm doing my thing, and then I sit down and they do their thing. And and because we're all collaborating, we're all colleagues.
0: When you were on that set for Sick, were you directed by Barry
3: Levinson himself? Yes, we had three cameras running at the same time. We did very few takes. When you show up on a set of that level, you need to nail your lines and not really take much for directing. I met Danny Strong. He was the the showrunner. He did a great job on the scripts because it is such a heart-wrenching story. I'm lucky I'm in episode one because a lot of people have told me that they couldn't continue after episode one. The goal of art is to inspire emotions in your audience. In that way, it was highly successful. People who've seen it all tell me they were just shattered. One person told me it took them six months to watch it. You know, it's based on a Beth Macy book. Danny Strong gave a great script. The whole production team, I mean, Michael Keaton was amazing. Working with Peter Sarsgaard, John hugenacre and and Linda Powell, it's just that it was a heartbreaking story and it is so dark it helped the overall societal opinion on where is the blame fixed for this what can be done about this and you know right about the time it came out was when the sackler family made got into a big settlement with the government right they had to pay a couple billion dollars i think
0: mind-blowing how things like that can happen this is harvey talking about traveling so you enjoy the cultural exchange
3: of it all. Yeah, and just, you know, getting to know just a little slice of life uh when I travel one of the funny things I often do is go into uh, a grocery store. You know, what's just where where do common people go to the grocery store? Or I'll ask someone, you know, like a taxi driver, "Oh, I can take you to an expensive restaurant and blah blah blah." And I'm like, "No, no, no. Where do you go to eat lunch?" You know, where does like a common person, you walk out of your office or off your job site or whatever, and you're going to pick up a quick bite to eat. Where do you go to eat lunch? What's, what's, what is, uh, uh, comita tipica, if you will, right? Just, just, what's the common food?
0: That's such a good idea to ask a local, because obviously if you ask whatever hotel chain you're staying at, they're going to tell you the tourist traps.
3: Right, yeah, occasionally. Oh great, look, you know, here's a Michelin star restaurant, right? Yeah, and and I've done that, too. But I often have more fun with, where does the average person
5: go and grab lunch?
0: This is Justin Sisk. You pretty much can do whatever you'd like to do if you just try it.
5: You can make time for it. If it's acting, you can watch um, videos or watch movies. And just, I mean, that's kind of how I learned how to act, was I really loved movies and reading from a young age. So I would just watch and just pay like close attention to what they were doing. Um, you know, I've taken some theater classes here and there, but I, I don't consider myself formally trained in acting.
0: But it pays a lot to observe and see what techniques worked for other people and what you liked about those performances.
5: Yeah, I would I, I would agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, if, if you're able to watch a movie and it takes practice, right? I'm not, I'm saying it like you just sit down and you're able to do it like that. But like, um, but yeah, if you start like, You know, watch a movie to enjoy it, because once you get to once you start like watching movies and you look at people's things, then it it might it ruins it sometimes because then you're analyzing it. But over time, if you rewatch a movie, be like, okay, that's interesting that they they they're holding this posture or like they they spoke this way or like they used this facial expression to convey this, uh, convey this emotion and be like, that's that's really interesting. I wonder why they did that. And then I mean, it's just it's as simple as that sometimes.
0: There's so many choices somebody can make
5: there are yeah and you can use and it's not copying it's it's just using you know oh well, this person did that that's really interesting if you're a lot of actors if you watch a lot of actor interviews they'll be like oh i i watched this person's performance and that really helped me with that so it's always building off of each other it doesn't have to be independent
0: yeah you can be inspired by somebody's work
5: yeah i mean i suffer from that too cuz you want to be original you know there's like the, there's this pressure of trying to be original but um, so I, I'm not going to say I'm perfect at it because I struggle with it myself. But yeah, using something as inspiration is not copying or stealing. It's just building off of someone else's work, which people do in every field.
6: This is Betsy Chapman. Now, I'm not working in voiceover full time, so I now understand how important it is to give your eyes a rest. So if you're looking at the computer screen, even with blue light glasses on, which I, I usually wear all the time, uh, you really do need to get up every so often and walk. I walk around my house and I look out the windows. At, so I'm looking at a distance so that my eyes get a break and and get to rest. And that helps a lot.
0: But you've got to take care of your eyes.
6: <laughs> right. I I have some rules now. Of Of course, I break them all the time. But I say I never want to be a character that has to wear uncomfortable shoes. Mm-hmm. Or a corset. Oh. You know, or yeah. Um, And of course, I get those characters all the time. Sorry. Um, But I've pretty much resigned myself to the fact that I'm just going to end up wearing wigs all the time. And that's okay. But boy, you get under the lights and you start sweating, and there's no amount of wig tape (laughs) that works. Oh, it's so hot under those lights yeah yeah so um, so that's been a challenge for me is my hair, and I just i I tried to let it grow, and I just don't have very good hair
0: well, at least the good part is that you have a variety of things like curly or wavy or straight hair or blonde or red or brunette,
6: yep, exactly. well, thanks so much for spending some time with me, Betsy. It's been great, and I'm still waiting for season two of that show we were in so we could find out what happened. (laughs) Right, they kind of left us hanging on that one. Yeah, it was a cliffhanger, and uh, I mean, I know the writer knows, but she's not telling. I even bought her a bottle of wine and didn't get it out of her. So we need season two, and it would be great to work together again.
0: Thank you for listening to season one of the Cielo Vision podcast. Don't forget to turn on the notifications so that you won't miss when we start back up in the winter for season two. Our theme song is Put On by Super Rare and we're produced by Yellow Productions.
6: Yellow.